This is News Talk ZB News. Good morning. It's seven o'clock. I'm Neva Manu. A New Zealander has died in a backcountry skiing trip in the Italian Alps. The London-based Kiwi was one of four people killed by an avalanche near the resort town of Kumaya. The group was reported missing yesterday. Europe correspondent Catherine Field told Mike Hosking their bodies were found overnight. This is an area that's had a lot of snow, been a lot of avalanche warnings. Uh, so immediately Italian Alpine Rescue went out, tried and looked. The four, a New Zealander, a Brit, a French national and a Pole, were found under two metres of snow. Auckland motorists are being urged to allow extra time following an accident on the Harbour Bridge. A car flipped just before 5.30am. More details shortly in Time Saver Traffic. Townsville's once-in-a-lifetime floods have caught many children by surprise. At least two people are missing and hundreds have been rescued during the city's worst flooding on record. Thousands more have evacuated their homes with more heavy rain expected today. Many kids have grown up in drought and have never seen rain. Don Brash is looking for a headline, and Brian Tamaki wants to boost his appeal amongst gangs. So says New Zealand First MP Shane Jones. The former National Party leader will speak on Te Timarai today. The leader of Destiny Church will speak there tomorrow. Shane Jones is delivering a sermon at the Upper Marae at the same time Tamaki is speaking below. But it's highly unlikely that I will have quite the rallying effect that Bishop Tamaki has in drawing um, the killer bees and uh, other gangs to Waitangi. That's not my kopapa. The principal of Waipu Primary School has made a plea to the community after a police search of her house turned into a pee bust. Joe Brown has sent an email to students, families and staff saying there was much speculation about the events and she wants to address people's fears. The search on January 25th resulted in three arrests and serious criminal charges, including for possession of firearms and drugs. Brown says she was completely in the dark about what had allegedly taken place at the house she rents. Auckland contractors are being warned not to treat building sites like a dump. This comes after contracting sites in Huapai in northwest Auckland have destroyed footpaths and left berms full of silt and rubbish. Council compliance teams have issued 200 abatement and 34 infringement notices. Rodney Local Board Deputy Chairperson Phelan Perry says residents should contact the council if they have an issue with the site. To point out to public that they don't put up with having a, a tip next to them, but also message will get through subcontractors that they need to stick to the rules. Some students have started the school year without stationery. Office Max New Zealand has been caught out by an unusually large number of orders, many of them late. Managing Director Kevin O'Byrne says they hadn't expected such a large number of orders in the final two weeks of January. Only 100 people will have the chance to see a critically endangered native bat in South Canterbury. Environment Canterbury will be holding two late-night trips to track long-tailed bats near Timaru, with the first taking place tonight. Biodiversity Officer Rob carson Isles says that this is a chance of a lifetime. The long-tailed bat is classified as nationally critical, I believe, which means the next step is extinction if their population keeps declining. That's Newstalk ZB News with Panasonic Air Conditioning. Coming shortly on the programme, Prime Minister back for the first time this year. How about the jobs programme? 26 million so far. The jobs they've created have cost $450,000 per job. Is this Kiwi Build Part 2? The Prime Minister, shortly.
To News Talk ZB Sport, the Emiliano Sala saga continues to unfold in the English Channel. A body is visible in seabed video footage of the plane wreckage. The English Premier League footballer and pilot David Ibbotson were on board. Family spokesman and marine explorer David Mearns has told Sky News the original search team did their best. They cannot be criticised. They cannot be faulted. People are misunderstanding that situation. The difference is... They had to make a judgment call whether there would be any survivors. In the end, that judgment call was correct because there are no survivors to this crash. The UK Air Accidents Investigation Branch says the footage was filmed using an underwater remotely operated vehicle which surveyed the area after the plane was located on Sunday. Brendan Hartley has switched from Toro Rosso on the track to Ferrari on the simulator as he attempts to keep his Formula One ambitions alive. His new job will see him as one of four development drivers assisting Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc. The 29-year-olds held similar roles previously with Toro Rosso, Red Bull and Mercedes. Motorsport with CRC, win a Weber barbecue with CRC. The Breakers remain at the longest odds to qualify for the Australian Basketball League playoffs. That follows the Illawarra Hawks' 110-95 home victory over the Cairns Taipans. Melbourne, Perth and Sydney have already secured their post-season berths. The Breakers play the Hawks twice in their last four games, as well as uh, Brisbane and Adelaide. All four teams can take the final spot, but the Breakers need to win each of their matches and hope other results go their way. Australian racing trainer Darren Weir faces a ban of four years after being found in possession of equipment used to deliver electric shocks to horses. He's reportedly decided not to contest three charges. And the Wallabies are searching for a new attack coach. Stephen Larkham's been axed by head coach Michael Checker, becoming the full guy for their 2018 season. I'm Andrew Alderson. That's News Talk ZB News and Sport to five past seven. Mike Hosking's next. News Talk ZB Auckland. Time saver. Track and save $2 a week. Good morning. Now, as you heard, the Northern Motorway northbound. Our earlier crash just after Curran Street has been cleared. Traffic is flowing well. City bound slow from Otiha Valley. Northwestern slow. Hobsonville through to Royal again from Rosebank. Our earlier crash after Bond Street has been cleared. The Southern Motorway city bound slow. Drury through to Takanini again from East Tamaki. Pack and save $2 a week. Flippin' low prices now on. News Talk Zippy with a watch 24-7 with My Greer Homes. Home and land packages available throughout Auckland. Monaco, variable five knots. Southwest 10 developing this afternoon. Waitamata, Hodaki Gulf, Bremen to Cape Colville. Variable five, northeast 10 this afternoon. High tide at Auckland, nine o'clock this morning. Onihunga, 10 past 12 this afternoon. Today, fine with light winds and sea breezes. Tomorrow, Waitangi Day, possible early low cloud or fog, and then fine weather. Today's high, 28, currently 16 degrees. Analyzing the issues, challenging the answers. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast. Now till nine with BNZ making business happen on News Talk ZB. Morning to you, seven past seven. The Australian banking system and its many faults have been laid bare with the release late yesterday of that Royal Commission findings. Uh, there are a slew of recommendations, seventy-six and all. Our interest, of course, relates to the fact that our big four are owned by the Australians. So what's the flow-on effect here, if any? Head of banking and finance at KPMG, John Kensington's back with us. Good morning. Morning, Mike. Is it generally accepted that what they did we don't or not? I think it's accepted that what they did they did on a far greater scale than we do here in New Zealand. It was a lot deeper it was a lot more widespread and it had probably been going on for a lot longer. I don't think the New Zealand uh, market is without some uh, issues but not of the same magnitude. See most of it seems to be around sales broking, incentive stuff like that, big changes coming. Is there big change coming and will we notice it and will it fix it? I think we'll see some change because our 
four largest banks are obviously Australian-owned, so any changes they make over there will impact us. Um, will, we, will we notice it? Yes, I think we will. I think we'll see a gradual changing of the way um, business is done as in, in those sectors, as, as you mentioned, things like broking. I think the other area where there'll be a big focus is putting the, the need of the customer first. Hey, uh, what about areas in specific sectors? They talk about car dealers, uh, farmers, those sort of sectors. Will these sectors be specifically hit in some way here because of this? I think the Australian report had some specific areas that uh, obviously they had seen some behaviours that weren't appropriate. I'm not so sure that there's the immediacy to to tackle particular sectors uh, in in New Zealand in the same way at the moment. What about whether this has a touch of the GFC and Lehman Brothers? And we all went through that and they said there are no bonuses, bonuses are gone, there's been too much greed and here we are a decade later talking bonuses again. Is there a touch of that about this? Well, I think this will be, that's probably the groundbreaking point, to be honest with you. We don't want to be looking back in 10 years' time and say we've got it wrong again. And I think if, if we are, um, it'll be a little bit damning. And I, and I think what it'll also do is it'll mean that those um, businesses or new businesses that are looking at disrupting the sector um, already will, will probably benefit from more if in 10 years' time we're looking back and saying the same thing. Because there must be some brand damage and some trust of trust of the sector that is being challenged at the moment. You see, you see, that's the most interesting thing for me. None of these banks have gone bust. If you're a business who, who treats people badly, you somehow suffer. None of these people seem to have suffered. Yes, we hate them. Yes, they've got dreadful reputations across the Tasman, but they're all st- still thriving and in business. Yeah, but we need them, Mike. New Zealand's a young country with uh, without a lot of money, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, built-up wealth. I mean, but by that, and and we we need the banks um, in in our daily life. And the other thing is, in New Zealand, we're probably not that well educated financially to be able to work out that something is happening that perhaps isn't appropriate. All right, John, appreciate your expertise. John Kensington out of KPMG this morning. Now, here's the here's the thing that worries me also about this report. Everyone gets captured by it, and the mortgage broking industry, for example, across the Tasman in Australia, are ropeable, and in many respects rightly so, because one of the things that uh, Hain is after is what they call trail commissions. Trail commissions is when you go to a broker and he or she sorts you out a mortgage, they get paid on the commission for the life of the loan. So Hain's recommending that you don't have those anymore, and of course the mortgage brokers are saying, well, how the hell are we making any money? And if you go along to a mortgage broker and you get a mortgage that you're happy with and they're happy to supply and in other words everybody's happy it's just a standard piece of business why is an innocent player being punished because of the actions of others makes no sense 11 past seven Hosking. now the provincial growth fund very busy week 100 million for northland of course then 82 million yesterday for more jobs programs and although it's fun a lot of fun handing out money as we uh, inquired of shane jones on this program yesterday where exactly is the return so here are some numbers to open the eyes yes there's been a lot of noise a lot of promises but so far only 26.6 million has actually been paid out actually been paid out and that's created 54 jobs not a lot of jobs right and if you do the maths it's $484,000 per job. Maxim Institute boss Alex Pink's with us. Alex, good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Is this Kiwi build all over again? Look, it doesn't sound good, does it? But you know what? To be honest, I'm kind of relieved that we're hearing that progress has been so slow because I think the Provincial Growth Fund has some good things going for it. It's got some pretty significant risks built into it as well. One is trying to do too much too fast. And, you know, to be honest, I I think it would do us all a favour if the government would forget about the three-year uh, time frame that they've set themselves. It's a self-imposed target, uh, $3 billion in three years. They came up with that number. They'd do us all a favour 
uh, by just um, taking the focus off those numbers and instead saying, okay, how are we going to get the outcomes that we want to get from this um, and, and put the focus there and getting the policy settings right instead. But here's my problem with it, and talking to Shane Jones, and I've talked to him several times, every time I ask him directly about the return, even he doesn't sound optimistic. Even he realises that they're taking on a task that I just don't know that throwing money is going to solve a problem. Yeah, I mean, he, he's on record describing this kind of policy as a big bloody risk. And, you know, he's, he's exactly right. Um, th- this is what's called, you know, technically, as, as spatial policy. There are some real risks that are associated with it. But there's also things that you can do that actually manage the risk and, and make it worthwhile, because there's, there's risk with any investment, obviously. Um, and so we spend a lot of time looking at the sort of um, the approaches that you want to take um, based on, you know, there's, there's a ton of overseas um, evidence, ton of overseas literature on this that we can draw on. Um, but the key thing really is we just one of the things we need to do to start with is we've got to have really clear goals about what we're trying to achieve and at the moment the political context around this is the goal is spend three billion dollars in three years that's not going to get us the kind of quality outcomes that we want for the region but if it's going to turn out that they create any number of jobs whatever that number turns out to be but each of those jobs cost four hundred eighty four thousand dollars we can conclude it wasn't worth it can't we yeah, I think looking at the number of jobs that are created is one way of understanding the, the success of um, of the Provincial Growth Fund. And, of course, it's not just how many jobs are created now. It's how many jobs are created into the future. And when you look at the PGF, um, you know, the creating sustainable employment is, is one of its goals. So fair enough to judge it. Uh, it's success or failure in in those terms. Um, but you've also got to be asking, well, you know, what kind of um, difference is this going to make to productivity in the regions, um, for example, which isn't solely a question of jobs. So there are some much there are some much bigger um, complexities around this. That's why getting the goals right in yeah. the first place um, really matters. And we, we've got to stop thinking that just spending equals success, or you know, or spending equals failure. Getting the right outcomes is what we need to be thinking about. Very good point, Alex. Appreciate it. Alex Pink out of Maxim this morning, 14 past seven. Hosking. Super Bowl yesterday. Oh, my God. Um, for, a, for a massive fan of one football and be the Rams, uh, the defence, if you're an aficionado, by the way, if you're an aficionado, the defence on both sides played brilliantly, hence the game became so phenomenally boring. How boring was it? You know, we have been really blessed and gifted with so many spectacular, wildly entertaining Super Bowls through the years. This is not going to be anywhere on that list. <laughs> three nil, three all, one touchdown, right side one, and the Rams, uh, for all of their brilliance in the season, showed what happens when you haven't been to the Super Bowl for a very, very long time, and none of them individually have been to the Super Bowl. They were new, they were young, they were against an experienced side, and basically... Jeez, they, they looked like... They panicked. I was just, I was, as I was watching the end of that game, because it was potentially going to be quite exciting at the end, because it was close, mm-hmm. you know, the score...